the events, characters, and entities depicted on this podcast are fictitious. Any similarity to actual persons, living or dead, or to actual entities is purely coincidental. If you're seeking to be offended, this is a good choice. And if you're easily offended, please throw away this listening apparatus right now. Okay, bye. Hello, uh, I'm Arzu. Um, I've been based in Dubai for a little over a year. Uh, I'm in the stand-up... What am I supposed to say? <laughs> no, no, you just you just sound way too sexy. That's the problem. Just try and sound okay. like cash. Like you're not trying to get with me. I think that's important. I'm not trying to. They're going to be like, video, bro. <laughs> Where's this video footage? Teddy pics. So, uh, well, uh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't let her know, but what I mean is, yeah, uh, just like, okay, let me put it this way, you're tipsy, and you meet someone at a bar, and uh, you're just like, sort of, I'm Arzu, and you know. Depends on how hot they are. Uh, they're very average, okay. and probably a family friend. Okay, uh... So, yeah! <laughs> Here we go! Starting, yeah. Um, Dick joke time. So, welcome, guys, to the Hangout with Rishti. Thank you for subscribing commenting and liking if you haven't do that shit what is wrong with you we're going at it hard man i'm i'm back with a new guest arzu malhotra that's what white people say and arzu malotra that's my uncle says so i'm gonna give it off to her and she's gonna introduce herself so that we have an idea of what's coming up i uh in my daytime i work in the environmental sector and make maps for a living uh, at night, I'm a stand-up comedian, and I've been doing it for about a year, uh, over a year and a half, actually. Let's start with comedy. I know uh, as much about your comedy career uh, as... Actually, I don't. You know what? Tell me about how you got in, and how long has it been, and ups and downs, maybe anything. So, I... When I was 13 years old, uh, I got very sick. I got swine flu when I was on a trip in New York. Yeah. And I was sick, very, very sick for... I thought that was a conspiracy, by the way. We didn't believe it over here. Oh, it was real. <laughs> I like. I have never felt like I was actually going to die mm -hmm. because I was so sick when I would lift up the remote. I would be so tired. I would sleep for 24 hours like that. It was aggressive. Wow. What, um, what happens? Sorry to interrupt already. Swine flu. What happens to you? It's the most aggressive kind of flu that you have, and it fatigues your body in a way that is un unbearably painful. Okay. And you just are so tired. For me, I can't speak for everyone who had it, but for me, I was just non-functional for a few weeks. Well, um, and it was when I was in the States, I was traveling. It was really scary. And so I did that for, you know, I was like that for three weeks. And when I started to get better, we were in New York City. And my parents were like, let's find a way to make her feel better. And we were walking around the super touristy part of Times Square. And somebody came up to us with a flyer and said, do you guys want to see a comedy show? And so my parents snuck me into a comedy club at age 13, 13. Wow. sat me down at the front table right of by course. the stage on just some evening. And I don't know, something in me was like, wow, this is awesome. And I think to this day, I still kind of associate comedy with feeling better mm -hmm. and, and uh, my family and a pick me up. And yeah. so I think that, emotion carried through and I always was interested in it and I always watched specials and YouTube comedians and and really engaged with it and for years I wanted to try it um, and then about two years ago I was in grad school in Scotland and it was hard grad school is tough and tricky and I was bogged down being in the library all the time and writing and studying and I turned 24 and I decided all right 
what kind of life do I want to live? Do I live one where I try the stuff that excites me and interests me? Or do I live a life where I let those opportunities pass me by? Mm -hmm. So I went to a comedy club, an amateur night. I met some of the comedians there. They helped get me into the scene. And I did my first show in Scotland in May of 2017. Mm -hmm. And, And I say this and it sounds absurdly cheesy. But the first time I got on stage and stood in front of a mic and looked out into the audience, suddenly everything just felt correct. That sounds super cheesy and I understand completely. Because it was suddenly, I don't always feel like I'm in my place anywhere, Mm. but all of a sudden it was like this box had opened Mm. and I knew there was no way in hell that I was going to be able to close that once that I felt that way. And here we are and I'm, you know, been doing it for the last year and a half, trying to get gigs wherever I can, whenever I can, bad venues, good venues, two minutes, 20 minutes, whatever I can do because I I just don't want to stop. I've told people that comedy is more addictive than cocaine and heroin put together because there's no actual downside of having a good set (laughs) there's nothing that happens it's just that you want it you want to do it again yeah though i think i don't know if i would agree with that because if it's a good set but it's takes it to a place that people who get angry very quickly could get angry at you i've seen sets like ruin people's lives particularly a lot of women Hmm. who like will say something a little or maybe not ruin their life that might be a little bit hyperbolic but it can definitely change the dynamic of how you function in your day-to-day life and your relationship with your family and fans and Uh, the crowd but hmm. i hope that's not as common a case as my worst fear that's tell me it is an interesting topic to pick up on because that's not something that's popular it's not popular in any shape or form people don't discuss it there are not enough uh, female comedians there are not the topics that they pick are uh, in my opinion and i'm i could be completely wrong i think it's either super funny or it's super unrelatable for a general crowd and when i say general crowd i mean dudes like dudes in a crowd when there's a female headliner let's say there's a female headliner they've already assumed that she's not going to be funny or she's going to talk about her vagina or you know like cliche things like that and it's not true because also there's not enough female comedians on the scene Well, I think it actually, that attitude points to something deeper and something a little bit troubling to me in the community that all of a sudden things that have to do with women are not relatable. That's Mm. a very scary idea because that means not just the comedy, but the entire life experience of an entire subset, a large subset of the population is suddenly off the table for understanding. Like we, as, as women, are subjected to the like a multitude of dick and phallus jokes 100% through our entire life of jacking off and oh he's such a jack you know you you hear that stuff all yeah (laughs) but then all of a sudden any experience that's unique to us suddenly that's completely unrelatable that's that's baffling and it's not just troubling in the comedy sphere it means that when you're working with legislation when you're working with being in healthy relationships when you're trying to uh kind of operate in a family scenario Hmm. how are you going to be able to relate to the women in your life if you can't stand five minutes of a woman making jokes even if they're not about her vagina just making jokes about the female experience that scares me i don't even have a response to that (laughs) that's like yeah man i don't even have a response to that because that's just uh, yeah 
I'm just accepting the information that you've just given me. I'm honestly, so I've uh, raised technically by a single mom sounds weird. So to me, uh, um, I'm not saying I, I would at least agree men and women 50-50, not more, not less. And also it depends on the couple and the um, and the people that we're talking about, the equation, because maybe you're not 50% of the relationship or the, uh, you, you know, your duties and roles and responsibilities, but even your 40% is, I think it's Chris Rock, right? Tambourine. Someone's got to play the tambourine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, if anyone has not seen a special, you got to see it. It's and so good. That's exactly what it's about. Sometimes it doesn't matter who you are or how big you are, how big your ego is or whatever. There is a time in your life or in your relationship, you have to play the tambourine. And that's how it works, men and women. It's not about being partners or anything like that, but sometimes you're just the tambourine player. Sorry to steal the thunder, but... No. What, so what... Uh, do you feel the the disparity in the comedy scene, men and women? So here's the thing, and this is an answer that I think people who are fishing for an answer about... I'm so sorry, Arzu. We are talking about the comedy scene in the Middle East. And if okay. you want to... And I'd like for you to point out the difference because I've never performed in the West. I've seen sets and I'm aware of what's going on. But I've never, I feel like when you enter a comedy scene in a, in a green room, you kind of get the vibe of what's going on. I've been to India and I've been obviously here in the Middle East. Uh, I don't know what it's like in, say, Scotland or anywhere else. So if you could speak about the Middle East and then speak about the West, I would appreciate it. So I'm going to answer this in a roundabout way. Mm -hmm. um, see, for me, I was raised... Uh, by a mother who was a scientist and a father who always wanted to be a poet and who was engaged with the arts and who was engaged with that kind of world and a, a woman who's very technical and a couple who, when they were working in the same company and reached a certain level of seniority where they would be both competing for the same positions, they flipped a coin to decide who would stay in the company and who would go elsewhere. So the household I grew up in was super feminist. I was never told, oh, you're a girl, you can't do X, Y, Z. That was never on the table. That's so important. So important. And I, I grew up loving the sciences with most of my science teachers being women. I grew up in a very technical field of GIS and remote sensing where my classmates were men, but I I held my own. Yep. And so for me, coming into comedy as a woman, it wasn't, I'm no, I don't even notice if there is a sexist undertone there because I just blow past it. I don't care. I don't care if there's a sexist undertone. My mommy and daddy loved me enough. <laughs> I like, <laughs> like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have those, those insecurities that a lot of women often have to deal with because I grew up around people that never did anything but lift me up. And so when I came into the comedy scene here, I, maybe I was just very blessed because all of the comedians, all of the producers, all of the people that I became close to were openly feminist, were excited to have a, a female comedian coming into the scene with the enthusiasm, quote unquote, that I have for it. And I have never quite had a problem. Now, there's always weird things that I have to think about that men often don't. So I have to think very critically about the way I dress because if I dress a certain way, I come off as provocative and a mm. tease. If I say things that are a little bit too risque in their content, not just in the Middle East, but also in the Western world, I've had people come up to me and say, don't you think you should be a little bit more ladylike? Don't you think you should, you should be? <laughs> <laughs> that broke me. 
it, it's shocking. Boy. I know, Rishti. Just blow in your mind there. Seriously. But no, people will say that. And they will say, don't you think your language should be a little bit more tame? Um, and then on my, I had to actually switch to having a comedy Facebook page. And I try to get people to tag me on that. Not because I'm a diva, but because on my personal Facebook page, I've been getting these really creepy messages from men. Uh, one of them was this like, poem recorded on in like a voice message that ended with like a I'll kill myself if you don't like respond or something like that and I was like oh no <laughs> and it was from like some dude not in the Middle East who'd never seen my comedy clearly just wanted to I don't know what Perf his intention was that like talk about his love for you that's yeah. nice I wish women would do that to me more I, it's, I miss that but the suicide pledge that. at the end is a little <laughs> that's a little extra I'll just delete that from the audio I have producer Bob so I'll just listen to the sweet words and <laughs> I didn't ask it, it was I feel very bad if this gentleman is listening but I blocked that shit so fast I was like not today Satan not <laughs> today yep. not today Satan <laughs> hey man, the power of freedom man what you want to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, here's the thing I feel about freedom. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. But th they're not listening to the second part of that sentence. That's the problem. Just because you want to yeah. means that you should. There we go. Yeah. And I, I feel like that underpins so much about why women are like uncomfortable navigating the world. And men too. I mean, it happened. Like, there's so many situations like that. I mean, like, yeah. Do you want to go into a situation or do you want to... I feel like it could take a very dark turn and I don't think we... Not right now at least. Yeah. I guess the answer to that question is that I, in my personal experience, from the side of the people who matter in leveraging my uh, me as a performer and getting me on stage, I've never had an untoward experience. Mm. But I can't speak for the entire female performer community uh because i know of people who have gotten a lot worse situations i know in scotland there was a big thing where this guy uh who was a prominent comedian was sending people pictures of his penis like mm. like these young female comedians who now didn't know what to do because it was a power thing yeah um that's the same louis ck thing that's yeah the, it's just a power thing so it is a power thing and it's yeah the louis ck thing i think it's been really interesting to see the response of men and women hmm. on that. And I don't have an opinion. I honestly, it's such a complicated situation. So I don't feel comfortable commenting because I don't know how I feel yet. Yeah. And I feel like it's very difficult to operate without an opinion in today's world. That's you describe my life basically, because <laughs> I have no opinions on anything. I'm just listening to everyone. It's extremely hard for me to say that. Yeah. I feel strongly about what you just said in a negative connotation or positive. I don't care. And when I say I don't care, some people think that I'm trying to sound cool, which I don't. What I mean is I don't care and I'm going to sleep fine at night. And I'm not talking about child slavery and stuff. That's kind of <laughs> obvious. I'm talking about like Louis C.K. What do you think? Because I'm a comedian. I enjoy his comedy, but he's still a comedian. Um, and see, it sounds wrong, but the thing is, it's not that it didn't affect me in any way, but I'm not on even in that zone of the planet. Like, no one, there's no one who has enough knowledge or um, who can describe it better for me. All you're gonna do is you're gonna read the tabloids and you're gonna read these. Honestly, one story I heard, I hate to get into it, but the woman was saying, um, he called me into a room and then he said, can I masturbate in front of you? And she said, yes. So he began his little, <laughs> 
thing. And then she said, it's just that I didn't know what to do. It was a power move. And uh, like, you know, I was I was confused. Just leave the room. And it's not. Now, I don't know well, if he locked the door or. Well, I that's I think where it breaks down, because I think it's difficult to just leave the room, because if that is a performer that is trying to advance her career. Yeah. In her head, she's going, I want to leave. I want this to stop. But if I stop it, will he blacklist me for the rest of my life? But Is w- this just something I have now, to take? Just leave her aside. Would you stay in the room? No, I'm, I'm not. But there's no right or wrong answer. It's just... I don't know. No. Okay. That, and because that's completely when, fine. And that's fine. Wh- I haven't, of course, been in a situation that dramatic. Exactly. But in situations, in minor things, yeah. I've stayed. Okay, I've tolerated it. Yeah, that's fine. And there's nothing, and that doesn't imply anything. No, and, and imply I don't, because I, I, I don't know in, what to do. Because when you're in that scenario, you know, I talk big talk, and I come up with, like, sassy comments to people <laughs> yeah. when I'm in conversation. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know yeah, me. Yeah. But when I'm actually in situations where, in, in the moments in my life that yep. have been truly scary yeah. or truly degrading, I freeze. Mm my brain kind of deer in the headlights yeah. and i can relate to that phrase so much because i i feel paralyzed my my mm. brain which is the thing that i value most about myself the thing that can solve problems and logic exactly. my way out of any situation suddenly it's like i don't know i don't know <laughs> i don't know and i i'm not going to push any further cuz and people would say no but this and that and you and this but you weren't there you weren't so there. so i'm not saying that you can just get out of the room but that's all i'm thinking but that's not i can't go up to anyone and say hey man you can or woman you can leave the room that's not right so that's why i don't talk about it yeah. now i know i talked about it right now but that was just cuz we we mentioned it and you're here and that's so amazing that and because i know you like just like you said sassy comments you're amongst the few female hosts in the middle east that's a ballsy move and you're not a dude i know and Thank you, know, you very much. i'm not going to be I, it's PC. an over easy move i'm not pc in any shape or form so um you know when you when you say you don't know that kind of makes me think you know like because honestly again i told you my my mom i would throw her into the deep end of the pool trusting <laughs> that she would kill sharks and you know swim a mile but that's something that i've just instilled as a child because i've seen my mom kick ass i've seen my mom my sister kick ass but then again i've seen them break down and i was completely like i don't hug i don't this like i don't know all of that stuff what was that leilani once i was cuddling i was asking what like i didn't know what people you do you couldn't even think of the word i couldn't think of the word so, so that's indicative of how you stand on and that and those moments of uh, realism kind of make me make me um, realize that oh <laughs> make me realize that uh, you know it's it's it happens to people because we have superheroes in our mind like our parents or respectively my mom to me i'm like yeah you know she's superwoman but she's not like it's she could freeze I, I, just like you said you'd freeze so yeah it's an eye opener mind blown okay guys we're going to take a quick break this is blue grit by producer bub See you in a bit.
ladies' night. Put on your best dress, girl, because you're a queen. This dress is super revealing. Ladies' night. Great offers on food. Pay no money for medium quality bubbly. All night. Drinking for free is the last form of sexism you'll tolerate. Ladies' night. Get drunk. End friendships. Get continuously stalked by the same creepy man. Hey, baby. Hmm? Where are you going? Your friends are going to get laid and you're going to end up alone at McDonald's. Ladies' night. You know where this is going. You have an STD. Ladies' night. And we're back. Because we are. And so, women in the comedy scene. I, I feel like I want to talk more about that, but I have no question, per se. You know, se. it's watching... I think watching women in the comedy scene has been phenomenally interesting because I think you're seeing more women out there. And so, you're actually, much like with the male comedy scene, you're starting to see styles that are organically evolving with women and I don't think they're always that dramatically different from the styles that evolve with men but it's cool to see that female comedy is not one note like mm. if you look at the difference between an Ellen DeGeneres a Catherine Ryan an Ali Wong and Amy Schumer like there's different perspective or uh I'm trying to think of her name right now please edit no, this fact out this I'm fine. gonna see silly her she's wonderful um and Gina Rashire, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you could have asked producer Bob to oh. search it up. But anyway, it's cool. Yeah, Gina Rashire. And you look at the styles that are so different with Gina Rashire, with Catherine Ryan, with Ali Wong, with all of these different female comedians. And it's fascinating to see how they manifest. Because what I think what's interesting is we've reached a time where female comedians are becoming more prominent just as minority and queer comedians are becoming more common. Yep. So there's this nexus of all of those things where you're getting queer women of color coming into the scene. And that, to me, is fascinating because that's bringing this multifaceted, intersectional experience to the stage. And they have a lot to say because I think there's a perspective on the world that comes with having an intersectional identity that can take comedy to a darker more nuanced more interesting place for sure agreed 100 so your top three female comedians that people should be watching because so, i think it's uh people really skim over like things like netflix and um, amazon prime they're just pumping out specials honestly i haven't seen now when i say big boys i literally mean the big boys because i'm like there's just way too much comedy and i don't have the time to sit down and enjoy a 45-minute set. And I can't watch 10 minutes and then stop and watch another 10. I, I can't do that. So I have to pick my time and choose. And honestly, when I say big boys, it's just literally because I used to watch a lot of male comedians. And I have seen Ali Wong and I have seen um, uh, Catherine Ryan. She, I yep. was... I. And I just saw her preview and I was like, I need to watch the whole thing. So yeah. I'm not doing enough of that. And when it does happen, it happens. But I just want to know what should I be watching and what should the listeners be watching? I, you know, when I, when I talk to people about things I enjoy, I hate to be prescriptive because I think that's leads. It's like a liability for me because if you f hate it, that's on you. That's on me. Yeah. But 
let's talk about the list of people, female comedians that I admire. And I might ex- actually expand that to a slightly no larger worries. number. Go ahead. So I can't make a list uh, of female comedians that I admire mm-hmm. without including Ellen DeGeneres and Joan Rivers on that list. No, that's... I, like, I can't. I, yeah. I cannot do that because of the path that they carved mm. for people like myself coming after. Like yeah. I say what you want about your personal taste in their comedy. I personally think they're absolutely brilliant. I watched, I, can I talk shit about uh, You can channel? talk shit about so anyone. So I subjected myself to the E! Network to watch Fashion Police <laughs> because Joan Rivers was on there. Oh, okay. Like I watched it for her. Yeah. Not because I give any kind of shits about mm. celebrity culture and the clothes <laughs> that they wear. But I just loved watching Joan Rivers riff. Like yeah. to me, to have a brain that can pump out those kind of jokes like that. Whew, yeah. Brilliant. And Ellen, because I mean she was the first female comedian to be asked to sit on the couch on Carson. Mm. Um she she did I think the bit she did that day was a uh, phone call to God, which Whoa. I think is one of the most it was written because I think she had a partner who died very young, very suddenly. And she, in her head, was saying, I wish I could have had a conversation with God. And so mm. she wrote the set out of one of the darkest moments mm. in, in her experience at that time. And it was incredible. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible. And to see female comedians who were just that good, who got the recognition they need. Actually, there's that show on Amazon Prime, um, Marvelous Miss Maisel, which, from what I've heard, it's actually based on the life of Joan Rivers, one, mm. of, one of the comedians who it's based on. So it's... They they were pioneers, and I can't I can't make a list of comedians that I yeah. like without them. Yeah. Um, and then three that I personally enjoy, um, Catherine Ryan, because I've never seen anyone milk a premise better <laughs> yeah. than Catherine Ryan can work a damn premise. Like she will get every joke out of it. Um, Sarah Silverman, because I adore her, just her vibe, like her energy on stage. And the fact that she's not afraid to break the fourth wall, she's not afraid to engage in a way that breaks the rules, quote unquote. I think she's the first, sorry to interrupt, she's the first person who um, made me feel uncomfortable. I mean, she's a woman. She made me feel uncomfortable because she's so dirty. And I don't mean that in a dirty way, <laughs> but she's not afraid to go for the uh, the pedophile, the uh, incest. And it's she's like straight-faced killer with the punchlines and it's so killer that even guys can't be like oh she's i mean slutty is not even the right word but guys are stupid right so when a woman says something dirty they're like oh she's like dirty she's slutty no man she is scary (laughs) also women are stupid too i just want to correct you there a lot of the time when you're getting when women get put in their place if you will it's other women who are doing it Mm. it's other women who are who are upholding those same structures like to to go into a very dark turn and you yeah. can definitely edit this out if you want to uh fgm female genital mutilation hmm. a lot of yeah <laughs> the producer's Dude, like okay Mc, mcdad has a set on it it's fine go uh on. female genital mutilation the people who do it who actually do the cutting are women it's yeah. women it's women who are taking their daughters to get this done it's women who are doing the practice so like Women are, when people say men are stupid, I'm like, no, no, I'm a feminist. Everyone's stupid. I, We're all just dumb. 
I'd still give one extra percentage to men. <laughs> I'm sorry. And uh, it's just because... Yeah, you you know, we're, okay, we can agree to disagree. That's okay. I was in a sorority. No, cut that out. Oh, holy shit, cut that out. <laughs> no, that's no, it. No, no. No, actually, the women I was in a sorority with were actually very intelligent and lovely. And you're not going to keep that in the podcast. Sure. Um, Sure. So the other two comedians that I really like uh, who are women, uh, one of them is Maria Bamford. Uh, Yeah. She's another of, uh, like, foundation for... um, And she's crazy. Her voices. Uh, Her voices. The the amount of characters she can just... Oh that's my right. god. Bob just passed out because <laughs> he you loves good, Maria, <laughs> Maria Bamford so much. No, it's okay. No, go Maria on. Ga- and also, Maria Bamford is bipolar too. Okay. Which is relatable for me. Yeah. Um, and she actually did a show on Netflix where she talked about being a comedian and talked about her real life experience of being in uh, a mental health facility I've because she had a breakdown. It's great. It's great. And, and the fact that she's bold enough to talk about that yeah. in a way that demystifies it and is like yeah no it's as terrible as you think it is yeah like uh so i love that and then i love ali wong because she her specials a the fact that she did two netflix specials both like heavily pregnant and did did physical comedy while she was at it are you kidding me that woman is a g like i like just for that alone she's on this list but the (laughs) fact that her content so a lot of the time, particularly uh, with new mothers and with people who are engaging with pregnancy and a newborn, you get shamed. You get shamed for stuff. Oh, you don't breastfeed. Oh, you don't do this. Oh, you should do this the way my grandmother did it mm. because the way you do it is going to get your child in prison. <laughs> like over dumb things and moms are being shamed. Dads are not shamed. Dads, if they, and Catherine Ryan has a bit about this, like if a dad like changes a diaper, he's a hero. Yeah, he gets if an a, applause. If a mom like doesn't wash her own organic fair trade cotton nappies every day <laughs> to not use disposable ones, she's a satanic mother who doesn't deserve the right to procreate. Yep. Um, the fact that Ali Wong was unapologetic about talking about all of this stuff and saying, yeah, it's hard. It sucks. Babies are difficult. I have a hard time. It's not always the best. To me, I can't imagine how many women and dads and like just families take comfort, take comfort in the fact that somebody's willing to cop to the fact that raising a child is hard as hell. Hmm. So those are my extended list. That's fine. That's cool. Um, and um, Bob, any thoughts? No, I was just reading on FGM. Yeah, no, it's not great. It's horrible. So it's around the world. And actually, the scariest thing about it is that one in, I think, 20 women have experienced it. One in 20. That means we've definitely met women that have experienced that. that. It says here, Egypt, Sudan, and Ethiopia. 97%. They drive it. Holy shit. Yeah. My bad. I didn't want to name and shame. It's, yeah, it's... India is not even here. Oh, yes, why did I say yes and not along to that? See like, how easy it is to no, it's not. I'm a, it's I'm a sheep. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a sh- I'm she's a so Trump supporter. <laughs> she's no, a Trump supporter. Don't even. Don't even. <laughs> oh my God, pretend. she's joking me. Oh, uh, she's joking me. <laughs> I campaigned for Bernie. <laughs> oh, I canvassed for Bernie. That's a smart choice, but he would have probably died before his election. Even, He's know, in great period. health. No, I canvassed for Bernie and then because I liked 
I liked what he could do to the Democratic Party in terms of pulling it towards a little more liberal. But when he bowed out, I switched right over to Hillary because I can't with Trump. I it cannot. can't even. Like, I can't, can't even. even. I like I can't even <laughs> with Trump. Trump. He. Trump. And but, let's not get into that. That's yeah. like a whole other episode. I'm sorry to put a oh, lid on it, but I can he, talk. Uh, and we need a gentleman named Tony B. Graham to be here. If we're gonna shit on Trump, I want the number one Democrat in the whole universe. You <laughs> to haven't be talked here. to me about politics, have you? And I don't want to. <laughs> Remember when I said I don't give a shit? Uh, politics, I think, is my number one uh, thing because. There's no politics here. <laughs> Bub, Bub want to say something? If Tony comes here, we, can, we could all go. We could all go to the mall and come back. He's to be and he'd still be like red. Can I stuff. join in for that? Because that sounds like a good time. I don't know his stance, so I would speak to him first, and then I would get back to you. So no, your viewers at home or viewers, your listeners, <laughs> listeners at home. Deserve to hear an authentic oh, conversation geez. and debate. <laughs> well, no, he's wow. he's a he's a he's a Democrat and he's super. What what are you? But I here's the thing. I I'm said a Democrat. no. Po- See, this is what happens when you talk politics. You can't stop. This is why uncles in India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, they spend f- four or five hours looking at a TV where old farty men are just talking about politics. You just can't get away from it. But anyway, yeah. We would need a. We would need. You need a special episode, dude, that. and it That's would. Long. And That's I'm long. against. So producer Bob wants longer episodes because they they are good, but I'm keeping it shorter. And I would not stop a three hour political episode because there's no way we could be done in forty five. I think what would be interesting not is possible. to cover different. I don't like types forty five of... minute episodes because if you're discussing about a topic, and then you're just about to end it, yeah. and the person says something really interesting. Yep. And then you're like, okay. And that's our time. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, no, shut up. <laughs> Before Let's talk about the cure for cancer is, yeah. no, we're out of time. Thank you, ladies. And <laughs> so, yeah, that's Enjoy your cancer. <laughs> we're not going to tell you what the solution is. Oh, God. I just said enjoy your cancer. That's, that's going to be cut in a dangerous a way. Boss, the way you make a million is. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That's all so the did time you see we the new have. Tesla. <laughs> what? 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 Okay, wait. Let's stick to what we were talking about, which was. Uh, so, I'm a Democrat, but. Democrat means a lot of different things. That's all I was going to say. And before that, where were we? Female genital mutilation. Oh my God, before before that? that. This is all pretty dark, but but it's good. But yeah, I I just... Okay, all you could, all, all things aside, I'm just happy. You're an interesting person who I love to chat with, and these two people, all the interactions I've had with you guys have just oh, been lovely. I'm blushing. There's, so like, I don't mind just chatting with you, Did you and watch shooting the, the shit. Christ? <gasps> no. Where is this guy? Where is female genital mutilation? Oh God! Okay, dark bubbles. Come on. And um, now I don't <laughs> want to talk about this conversation topic ever again. Do there you we wanna? Go. Do you wanna? <laughs> that is a disturbing movie. <laughs> do you wanna? Share anything else about the female comedy scene or females in the comedy scene or the comedy scene in general? Anything? Uh, in regard to the female comedy scene, I think the only thing I have to say is don't underestimate us. Damn. Okay, cool. Oh, this is what I was going to tell you. Whenever I talk about in the press that like I haven't had a hard time as a female comedian because everyone's been super chill with me and I'm... I have good enough self-esteem that whatever does happen, the microaggressions don't bother me. No one ever publishes that. No one ever puts that in print. Like I did an interview where that's what I said. I was like, listen, Mikdad is amazing. 
Amit is amazing. Salman is amazing. Pavan is amazing. Eric is amazing. Like Momos is amazing. Like all of the people that have booked me on gigs have been like, yes, we need more women here. Take a mic, be a host, be a headliner, come open for an international act. And it's unfortunate, but that's not a good narrative. <laughs> it's not like a nice narrative. But for me, it's like, listen, I grew up the best, the best thing that ever happened to me. And this is like epitomizes my view on feminism is that I was in an AP chemistry class where I got a five because I'm a G <laughs> putting that out there. Wait, what is AP and what is, it's fi- like is college, five out of uh, hundred? It, it's, it's a college level chemistry. Five is the high score you can okay, get. My um, so I was in an AP chemistry class, uh, with a group of like 10 or 11, like nerds, but Let, let's be honest. I was like 15 at the time. And there was this guy who was like a child prodigy, but he was kind of a cunt sometimes. And he, he made this joke. That's like, I don't think women belong in science. Ooh. And one of the people in class turned to him and said, dude, all your science teachers are women. And look we, around, all the open women in the room eyes. were like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> even the teacher was like, yeah, 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 yeah motherfucker. <laughs> what? She didn't say that because she was a professional, but it She's was. She's like, <laughs> I don't know how to say that with dignity. Yeah, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> Suck my. <laughs> I don't know. Eat my. <laughs> no, that doesn't sound as fun. That doesn't sound oh, as exciting. Okay, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, oh. callbacks. That's why whenever people say, like, you're so ballsy for making that joke, I'm like, no, I have the ovaries to do it. Bitch. Oh, shit. That's, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> okay, don't give me that look. That look I'm was proud. Like, that's I'm proud. stupid. <laughs> I'm proud of my ovaries. I'm proud of them. And so am I. On that my note. ovaries? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also dark my mind, but that's. Arzu Malotra, Yay. happy. Oh, Thank you I, so can much. Can I plug some things? Of, co- of course you can. Please do. Uh, so I'm very excited because I am trying to put on a fringe show called Coin Toss uh, next year where I'm trying to do a one-hour special where I, well, let's be honest, like 50 minutes. But it's still, I'm trying to do a special where I talk about, well, if you didn't like this, you're going to hate that show. Um, I'm trying to talk about identity and life in the world, and I'm trying to put that out there. And I realized that if I say it on a podcast, now I have to do it because oh. other people have heard it. Yep. So here we go. Um, I perform in Dubai, and it's not always this deep. Sometimes I'm funny. <laughs> Sometimes, Sometimes I actually make a joke. Um, so keep an eye out for me. And what about your tags? That would be most helpful as opposed to, you know, in so the future people can follow you. Yeah. Follow me on Facebook at Arzu Does Comedy. Arzu Does Comedy. That's A-R-Z-O-O Does Comedy. Correct. And I hope you can spell that because if you can't, that's that's you a whole different. You don't even want fans like that, do you? No, I don't. Just just spell properly. See, that's all I ask. People who can't spell that have a bigger problem than the environment. They do. Oh. They don't even know how to spell environment. <laughs> <laughs> On that note... <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, producer Bob. Thank you, Arzu. And we will catch you guys another time. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. Follow the Hangout with Rushdie on Facebook. Like, comment, and share. See you next week.